0: well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam & Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad you're with me on the program today. We're going to be talking about what's going on out in uh, San Jose, California, where, you know, uh, former mayor, Sam Licardo, uh rammed through this uh, bill, I think this was like two years ago now, that uh, mandated... Most gun owners, not every gun owner, because there there are some exceptions to this provision, but uh, most gun owners in the city have to have uh, insurance, and they also have to pay an annual fee for the privilege of owning a gun in the city of San Jose. Now, uh, this is being challenged, and a federal judge recently upheld the city's insurance requirement, if you can believe that, uh, while allowing a challenge to the city's fee for gun owners, Uh, to remain intact. We're going to get to this in just a second. Before we do, though, um, you know, Biden's America, absolutely crushing us. You've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers, one after the other. America's working two jobs just to get by. Inflation pushing hardworking families to the brink. Just look at the price of lunch meat the next time you go to the grocery store. And a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. Truth is, you need a plan. You know it, and I know it. And that's why you should call Gold Co., so you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, with thousands of five-star reviews. And they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. And if you call them today, qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855-412-3806. So I ran across this uh, story from the San Jose Mercury News Uh, headlined, Why is San Jose's gun insurance law going unused? The city doesn't know how many gun owners are complying and may never get that data. Yes, right. Yeah, the the local paper has realized what gun owners have been saying all along. Uh, This is a worthless measure, unenforceable, uh, at least proactively, uh, and is nothing more than a political stunt on the part of Licardo and the city council. Although, I will say that the uh, Mercury News is not quite ready to reach that last conclusion. Uh, but as the paper's editors write, it was touted as a novel way to hold gun owners accountable. Accountable for what, by the way? For exercising their Second Amendment rights? San Jose's gun liability insurance requirement, the first of its kind in America, and upheld by a federal court judge last week, will make the city safer from firearm related violence that has wreaked havoc across the nation, its proponents assert. But nearly eight months after the ordinance went into effect on January the 1st, not a single resident has been cited for not having the insurance, according to the city manager's office, raising questions about the law's effectiveness. Now, uh, city officials say, well, listen, we weren't really uh, enforcing this law while this uh, court battle was going on. But as the Mercury News notes, there's really no way for the city to proactively enforce this law. And by the way, City officials said that they weren't planning on doing that. They were going to go door to door, knocking on uh, the doors of gun owners saying, hey, you got your insurance? We want to see your insurance. They said this would be done after the fact. But now we're starting to see hits that, oh, no, no, actually, they might try to do this on a more proactive basis. The Mercury News writes, there's not any data on how many fire owners in San Jose are actually following the law. The city doesn't have access to the state's gun registry, meaning it cannot contact gun owners to ensure." That they are in compliance. Instead, the city is trying to boost cooperation through digital advertising, point of sale materials at gun retailers, and letters to 2,400 local insurance agents. Under the city ordinance, fire owners must have homeowners, renters, or gun liability insurance and ensure that it covers any losses or damages resulting from the accidental use of their weapon. That's right. A- accidents are covered, not intentional acts of violence. So, again, the whole idea that, well, there's going to be less uh, people shooting each other, fewer gangbangers shooting each other. No. That's not the case because, again, this is aimed at legal gun owners, law-abiding gun owners. And accidents involving firearms are incredibly rare, both in San Jose and around the country. Um, The Mercury News goes on to say that a form proving that the owner has the insurance must be kept with their firearm at all times. In October, the San Jose City Council approved a measure penalizing gun owners up to $1,000 if they don't follow the insurance requirement. Costas Moros, who is a attorney with Michelle and Associates down in Southern California, says the law is a stunt. He says this was never about making measured policy that the city could enforce in a tailored, responsible way. This is about making the news. They may still enforce this, but I really think this is going to be enforced when somebody is in trouble for something else. I, I think so as well. Although the fact that the city is now trying to get access to the state's registry of gun owners would indicate that, uh, no, they may be trying to be a little more proactive here. Meanwhile, uh, San Jose's former mayor, Sam Licardo, the guy who spearheaded this effort, uh, tells the San Jose Mercury News, quote, there's no expectation that there would be impact until the legal battles are fought and put behind us. I've talked to the San Jose Police Department chief, Anthony Mata. I think as with other dimensions of this ordinance, there's been a lot of waiting to determine whether this will be upheld in court so we don't complicate things further. Ricardo said he also hopes that the state's gun registry, overseen by the state's attorney general, will now be available for the city's, quote, outreach purposes after the law's constitutionality was affirmed in court. Uh, He says the innovation has to start at the local level. The thought was to provide a seed for other cities and states, and at scale, you can have impact. Yeah, again, against legal gun owners, right? By making it more expensive to exercise a constitutional right, because this insurance mandate, again, doesn't cover intentional acts of violence. Those who illegally possess a firearm are not expected to comply with the insurance mandate. Uh, by the way, the city has also carved out exceptions for uh, lower-income residents, for individuals with concealed carry licenses, of which, by the way, there are very, very few in San Jose, right? So I think there's a, uh, an equal protection issue here uh, beyond, well, in addition to the more fundamental issue of trying to charge people fees and place conditions upon the exercise of a fundamental civil right. Does the city of San Jose, for instance, require residents to carry libel insurance before they go online? No, and that would be absurd. So why on earth should the city mandate that lawful gun owners carry an insurance policy before they can legally Keep a gun in their home. According to the federal judge, uh, this law is close enough to 19th century surety laws uh, that uh, required bond to be posted for individuals who were considered to be dangerous in order for them to continue possessing a firearm. The difference is, of course, that even with all of these exceptions that are in place, there's no finding of dangerousness here, right? You start with the assumption that, yeah, okay, you're a legal gun owner. You've got to pay this fee. Not because we think that you're unusually dangerous or inherently dangerous. Well, you think I mean, gun ownership is inherently dangerous, and so that's where we're going to make you pay this fee. Unless, of course, you know, again, you fall below a certain income level or you possess a concealed carry license or you fit one of these other exceptions, then it's okay. But by default, yes, you should have to fork over these fees in order to exercise a right. Now, that's not what surety laws were based on. Again, surety laws were the exception or, or or, meant to deal with individuals who are the exception and not the rule. San Jose flips the script. The exceptions are those people who don't have to pay this fee. But the rule is that most gun owners will. The San Jose Mercury News uh, goes on to report that in a statement, the San Jose Police Department confirmed that they're not enforcing or were not enforcing the law due to the court ruling or the court challenge, rather, not the court ruling. Although that's what the paper said. Uh, Police spokesperson uh, Jorge Garibay uh, says, now that there's been a resolution to the court challenges, SJPD plans to provide refresher training to our officers on how to enforce the ordinance. As the paper noted, again, uh, some gun owners exempt from the ordinance, including low-income residents, sworn, active, or retired police officers, (laughs) uh, and those with concealed carry licenses. Okay, so now they're going to do a refresher course. And by the way, this case could still be appealed. I mean, this was a trial court's decision. So this could be appealed up to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, it could go eventually to the Supreme Court. But to say that the court case is over, wrapped up in a neat little bow, is not the case. Uh, in fact, again, the challenge to the uh, fee, not the injurious requirement, because again, these are two separate things, but the the annual fee that every lawful gun owner in Jose must pay to a third party, by the way. Yeah which would then distribute these funds supposedly to uh, anti-violence groups. That challenge, uh, the federal judge allowed to, uh, to move forward. So one of the two gun laws uh, upheld by the federal judge in this case, the other one allowed to ch- uh, be challenged. And again, there's the opportunity to appeal the uh, U.S. District Court judge's opinion on the uh, constitutionality of the insurance proposal as well. Bottom line is, you know, again, two years after uh, officials like Sam Licardo said, oh, this is an invaluable piece of legislation. It's got to be a real game changer. It's not. It's not even being enforced. And again, unless the city gets access to the state's registry of gun owners, which, by the way, is not accurate. It's not up to date. I don't see how this uh, ordinance could be proactively enforced. And if they do start trying to proactively enforce that, what does that look like? Again, you're going to go start knocking on doors of gun owners demanding to see their insurance. (laughs) Um, That's not going to go over too well. Uh, Even in uh, the Bay Area, I think now all of a sudden you're not only going to have gun owners angry. Now you're going to have, you know, social justice activists on the left who are angry about over-policing if they try to enforce the law proactively. I think this is a mess for San Jose, honestly. Uh, they, they, <laughs> they're defending, they're fighting to defend these laws that, frankly, are unconstitutional. Um, but, again, if they try to enforce these laws or these local ordinances against legal gun owners, I mean, again, what does that say about the uh, attitude towards fighting violent crime in the Bay Area? We're over-policing the law-abiding. We're shrugging off violent criminals. Again, maybe that'll be fine for the uh, voters in San Jose. I mean, they, they voted for the city council and the mayor who put these ordinances in place in the first place. But I have a feeling that um, compliance can be few and far between. Uh, uh, Well, especially among those lawful gunners, because, again, those in the legal possession of a firearm don't have to comply at all. All right, moving on to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day and our recidivist report. We'll start there with a, a case out of Mississippi. Uh, Natchez man's probation ends with shooting arrest in Vidalia. Yeah. 32 uh, year old George Derrick Smith, according to the uh, Natchez Democratic, convicted felon on probation from Adams County, where he uh, was uh, arrested on drug and weapons charges. Back in October of 2021, along with his uh, co-defendant, Dantasia Monique McGuire, Concordia Parish Sheriff's Office in Louisiana has charged them, uh, each with aggravated assault with a firearm after multiple gunshots were fired on July the 2nd. Investigators believe that uh, Smith McGuire, who are both from Natchez, were both involved in the shooting. uh, Both have been charged now with aggravated assault with a firearm after going to a residence in Vidalia and firing multiple shots during a physical altercation between multiple people. Uh, According to police, two people received non-life-threatening injuries during the incident. Now, the investigation remains ongoing, but uh, let's talk about Smith's previous criminal history. Back in October 2021, Smith had been arrested uh, by Adams County deputies on drugs and weapons charges. McGuire was arrested for harboring a fugitive. While police were serving a search warrant at an apartment complex, deputies reportedly found McGuire and Smith with three young children, along with 12 grams of methamphetamine, approximately 58 grams of marijuana, approximately 33 ecstasy tablets, as well as a uh, loaded pistol inside the apartment. Uh, In May of last year, Smith pled guilty to possession of a weapon by a convicted felon, so this was not his first run-in with the law, as well as possession of a controlled substance, and received a total of 10 years probation. That's it. 10 years probation. Uh, Because the arresting officers were not able to testify in the case, Prosecutor said that uh, there could not be a trial, and Smith ended up pleading guilty to lesser charges in order to receive probation. So then the question becomes, why were the officers not able to testify in the case? Were they not available? Were they on vacation? Were there evidentiary issues that precluded them from testifying? Uh, we don't know the answer to that. That's a really big question because, again, the sentence doesn't fit the crime. And rather than being behind bars, Smith was out in the street and uh, again, now accused of attempted murder along with his compatriot. Today's Armed Citizen story from Philadelphia, where police say an armed pizza delivery driver fought back against would be carjackers, saving his life and uh, perhaps the uh, pizza as well. Incident happened just before midnight. The 21 uh, year old driver dropping off food in an apartment complex in the Chestnut Hill neighborhood. Police uh, tell WPVI that two masked men, armed with guns, forced the driver back into his vehicle. One of the men got into the driver's uh, back seat with him, while the other got into the front seat. Uh, the uh, police chief inspector, Scott Small, said he was being carjacked and robbed. Uh, the masked man demanded money, asked if he had any his phone that he could use to get them cash. Small said, uh, quote, at one point, the 21-year-old delivery man was able to get out of the vehicle and confronted one of the perpetrators who had a gun. The 21-year-old delivery man we know fired at least two shots. driver told police that he had a shootout with one of the masked men who was shot in the lower back. man ran about 300 feet before authorities found him on the ground. The uh, 21-year-old is a licensed concealed carry holder in Philadelphia. He was not injured, thankfully. The uh, injured suspect, on the other hand, taken to a hospital in critical condition, the other suspected robber fled into uh, Springfield Township, according to WTXF. Authorities say that the driver was on the phone with his brother, who also works at the pizza shop during the attempted robbery. Police do continue to investigate, but again, the uh, delivery driver not expected to face any charges, acting in self-defense there in the uh, city of brotherly love. Not the first armed citizen story that we've seen in Philadelphia this year. Uh, And again, a 21-year-old, right? We are told that this is the bare minimum age that uh, someone has to be before they can, uh, you know, lawfully exercise their Second Amendment rights. That uh, eight or nine months ago, this... Young man just would have been too immature, too irresponsible to uh, carry a firearm, to bear arms in self-defense. I kind of doubt that, honestly. Doubt that the switch was flipped on his 21st birthday and all of a sudden he became this responsible adult. Uh, thankfully, he was able to exercise his right to keep bear arms in Philadelphia. And as a result, he got to go home at the end of his shift unharmed and uninjured. Finally today, our good deed of the day, in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Some uh, folks in Owensboro, Kentucky, who helped save the life of a 13-year-old, who apparently suffered a seizure and then fell into a pond uh, just a a couple of days ago. John Rue, this was on Monday, uh, was hanging out with some friends at a fishing pond. His uh, buddies, 11-year-old Alex Moore and 13-year-old Jackson Moore, were with him when he suddenly went into the water. Uh, His friends say uh, it looked like he was having a seizure. Alex Moore told the WFIE, fell over. I jumped in and held his head up. And then Jackson went to go get parents that were in the house. Uh, Jackson Moore told uh, neighbor Megan Bradfield what had happened. She runs down to the pond. She helps get uh, John Rue out of the water and then started performing CPR on him until he started breathing again. At a a prayer vigil held last night, Melissa Embry said they saved John Rue. She is Rue's godmother, the mother of one of his best friends. She organized the vigil to pray for John's lungs. She says that he's doing well cognitively after being taken to a Vanderbilt Children's Hospital, saying he's able to respond with thumbs up and thumbs down. He asked about his girlfriend, but his lungs have an infection now because of the pond water that was in there. Um, hopefully, they're able to clear that infection. Then doctors are going to start looking to see what caused the apparent seizure. Uh, but in the meantime, they are not only praying for his recovery, but they are asking for prayers as well. So, Um, If you are the praying kind, I know that the uh, Embry family would ask for your prayers for uh, John Rue's recovery. And again, thankfully, that is possible because of the quick thinking of his friends and neighbors there in Owensboro, Kentucky. That is going to do it for this edition of Berrien Arms Cam and Company. I do want to thank you for being a part of the program, as always. I'm looking forward to being back with you again tomorrow. But don't forget to check out BerrienArms.com throughout the day. We'll get you covered on all of the latest Second menus news and information from all across the nation, uh, including the outrage of the day against uh, Jason Aldean's song, Try That in a Small Town. Yeah, I just... I wrote about it at Berrien Arms. I'm not going to talk about it now, but uh, everything is stupid. And it's only getting worse. But we'll see you back here tomorrow to talk about that, too. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.